1: Welcome to the There It Is Podcast, a comedy podcast for creators of any variety. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thanks so much for being here. Hope you enjoyed last week's Bob Ross episode. Got some good feedback on that. Thanks for listening. We have some fun pictures on the website, thereitispod.com. If you go to the blog section and look up the Bob Ross episode, you can see those fun pictures fun episode today. I do want to mention something. Uh, Justina and I are lucky enough to live within walking distance of three really great venues, um, and that's Littlefield, Bell House, Halyards. They all have comedy acts, and uh, they're great shows. All the shows that we've seen at each of those venues have been great, and, they, and they've been cheap. Uh, we saw for $10 the other day, we saw a show that had a lot of great talent many of them we were not familiar with but on the show was Julio Torres who's famous for writing for SNL and his stand up is great talk about original thought this this act i mean this, julio is fantastic i mean the stuff i i uh, i don't even know how to talk about julio torres julio makes it look easy to do stand up and it's not at all. So that was really a great set. And also, one of my favorite acts is Cocoon Central Dance Team. I don't even know how to describe what it is they're doing. But they are amazing. And we saw them at the Bell House in a, on a Reductress show. And, um, you know, it's just great that we can see these shows. We're, we're really happy because it's, it's eye-opening and they're, it's all a lesson. Uh, we learn more things when we see great shows. So it's, it's really great to, um, watch shows. So if you, wherever you are, uh, there's Netflix, if you don't have a bunch of shows coming to your town, but live shows, especially try to get those in when you can, because you will learn more about how to create stuff and how to just be on stage and you'll, you'll learn a lot. So go, uh, go to as many shows as you can. Um, speaking of that kind of stuff, I'm very rusty at improv right now because, um, my last class at Magnet ended on Halloween and our first class, as we mentioned in last week's episode started, or not first class, but next class, the, the next class that I've taken since that one that ended on Halloween, as we mentioned last week, started last week and super rusty. And then we are also doing this thing, um, with the magnet called The Circuit, and we met for the first time with that team that we were put on last night. And again, incredibly rusty. It's like, did I forget how to do improv? Did I forget what being funny even is? I don't know what's going on. But, um, you know, I gotta bounce back. I gotta get back into it. I gotta get my head in the game, because I didn't come up here to like be rusty and stink. <laughs> Make a fool out of myself. This show today uh it's with one of my best friends and uh it's listen last week you saw bob ross you can't have bob ross on the show and uh now this week it's jim hendrix you're like wait a minute what so um there's uh listen i did not have two dead people on the show this is a living person and uh it's a great talk why don't we just get right to it here's my chat with jim hendrix (laughs) Let's set the table for people because, you know, I haven't had a ton of musicians on, but let's explain to them why you were on. You were, yes, you have a well, famous
0: name. But you're, we're best friends, so you but just...
1: But we're also best friends.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you're a musician and you're on a major yeah. label and, you know, you're, you're touring around the yeah. world now, right?
0: Yeah, man. So, um, obviously, my background is music. Uh, I studied music. It went through... You Know, but I was uh, doing opera, right? Um, so uh, it's a little bit of a change, obviously. Yeah, so let's talk about that. You and I met, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. When I met you, um, you're uh, your bass player, but you were singing opera, yep. And then you started a funk band in college, yep. oh, yeah. Uh, and now you're a bassist for a country
0: artist, yep. That's right, yeah. And now I'm Adam playing Craig for Adam Craig, yeah. So, um Man, I moved up to Nashville in 2006, and uh, I really didn't know what I was going to get into. But I, I knew that I, you know, I knew I wanted to do music, um, but I wasn't really sure. You know, all the all the guys that I'd been playing with back in South Carolina, you know, we had talked about moving, but none of them uh, ultimately made the move with me. And so I came up here by myself, and uh, you know. I Adam uh, and the guys at the time uh, was a group called Telluride. And uh, I met them three months into moving here and started touring. And then it just kind of progressed over the years. You know, we had, you know, obviously 12 years to sum up. You know, we ended up having to change the name for lawsuit reasons and everything. And now it's Adam Craig. And, uh, you know, Adam, it's been it'll be 12 years in May. My dog is. He's all hung up on some cables. (laughs) <laughs> I should probably clean my cables up. Um, Twelve years in May. Yeah, so it's been a long time, man. But, uh, you know, we, yeah, the last few years have been um, really cool. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, but, it's, but a you know, lot it's of hard work, of course. It, but it is, and, and you know. Go let's
1: ahead. go back to when you moved out there. I mean, you said you went out there alone. And we have friends who've moved, moved out places. Uh, Toby Morrell was on previously in this podcast. Right. and but he had a group that he moved out to see across the country with. And, right. uh, but I still Paul Vigner who was on a couple of weeks ago, moved out yeah. across the country with a group of people, but you went alone.
0: Right. So- yeah. Uh, you know, well, I, the good thing is I had a I have a great support of friends at the time back home that were, you know, had my back and, you know, so even though I was alone here, I did know a few people here. Um, the drummer from my funk band, Phonic Fusion, Greg Dampier, was living here at the time, um, so I knew a few people. Um, and it was and the cool thing about living in Nashville is that it's a really cool community. Even back then, because you know Nashville, you know it's a music city, but it was a really close knit group of people. So you know, I started meeting people and they started introducing me to their friends and, you know, they knew that I was looking for work. And so they started introducing me to people who were looking for a bass player. And, you know, it really wasn't hard initially to find some gigs just to get my foot in the door. So yeah, it was hard. I I was alone, but, uh, it's some, sometimes that, that may have proved to be advantageous for me just because, i like Toby with Emery; they, they were a group. So you know, these guys aren't taking side gigs to make money. They're trying to get their name back in the day out in Seattle. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're trying to get their name out there. Well, me, I was like, well, I don't. I just need to play. Right. So I was I was willing to play, and I was willing to play for whatever they could pay me at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of how I got started. And then you know, luckily I found uh, Adam and the guys pretty pretty early on, and. Um, You know, there's there's something about it, man. It one of those things that it's an intangible. You you don't know what it is and why you keep sticking around because God knows we've talked about it, you know, Adam and I were talking about this we were in Mexico last week and it was like, Man, you know, there there were times that, you know, we thought that man, if this doesn't work, we're just gonna we'll all go back home and get a regular job because it's it's not as hard. It's not as hard to find a regular job. It's um But I'm glad we held out, you know, there I was with my wife and Adam hanging out on the beach in Mexico last week, uh, right before we had to play a show on the beach, you know, pretty, uh, pretty cool. I'm glad we stuck it out. Yeah,
1: I'm glad, too, because it's been great to see all your hard work pay off. Yeah. And um, I remember at the time when you moved out there, I mean, like you said, you, you were there three months and you met some of the people that you're playing with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, it was through connections that you got there. Right. Um, you know, meeting somebody, playing for people, mm-hmm. impressed some people, and you are like, yeah, man, I just got lucky. And there is luck involved, and I've talked yeah. about this recently. Of course, luck is involved, but I told you at the time, but also, man, you're good, and you've been working hard to get good. I mean, right. I don't know how many times I went past, I was your... Uh, this For the audience, I was Jim's R.A. <laughs> That's how we met. I was his R.A. And I don't, know how, I walk... yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> know how many times I walked past your room and you were just playing the bass or how many times yeah. you were hanging out in an apartment and you would go to the back of your room and all of a sudden we'd hear you playing your bass. And I'm like, we're just <laughs> hanging out. We're in the middle of a conversation.
0: Perhaps I was a little obnoxious about it then. <laughs> no, uh, no, these no. days... I... <laughs> You know, I got all my all my gear kind of sitting around here, but I mean, it's it's it sits a lot. <laughs> you know, now, now I'm a dad, so it's yeah. you know, if you I got some downtime, yeah. Um, now I do I do practice, and I, you know, especially when we're getting ready for tour, we'll go and yeah. spend a day or two in a rehearsal space and 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 lock down a solid set for the tour. But uh, yeah, man, I I did practice a lot, but that's you know, I've got buddies here in Nashville that I mean, they're Nashville. Is a town of monster musicians. Everybody's oh, yeah. so good. I mean, you walk, it's you go downtown. Nashville's known for obviously Broadway and the in the uh, the bars, the honky tonks. But dude, some of these guys down there, and they're and they're doing it seven nights a week, playing in these bars, and they're making a living doing it. Man, these guys are good, like yeah. real good. And you know that scene, the bar scene, just it, it's not for me. And I take nothing away from the guys who do that because. One thing they're 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 all really good. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I mean they're making a living doing it. It's just not the kind of scene that 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 is that I feel like is for me. I just get uh, a little anxi- anxious when I'm around like really tight, small <laughs> buildings with lots of people. P- so for the audience, there. you're six eight, so
1: the, yeah, the tight space is not a comfortable space for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm a big guy. I'm six eight, two hundred and sixty pounds, and you know just. <laughs> i I don't fit into small places very well so um but yeah but i mean it's it's you know it's hard work but then you know when you you look at it and i'm sure you do the same thing with with comedy it's 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 a business so i mean you've got to have the talent the talent has to be there
1: yeah
0: so I, i think that i'm i think that i'm good enough to to play with any band in nashville uh but then you also you gotta be a good hang man that's that's the other thing too you've got to be a really you gotta be good to get along with and be uh, on a
1: bus with the with each other for a long time if somebody yeah. doesn't like spending time with you they're not gonna hire you like if they're just right having a, an interview with you and they just
0: feel a bad vibe from you or just right <laughs> like your are yeah,
1: then they're not gonna yeah, hire you
0: at the end of the day when you when you've done your job which is performing you still got to be with these people i mean you can go to your bunk and you can you can close the curtain and and hide out but i mean you do spend a lot of time with each other and uh, so it's it's different than your regular job is in that you're you're with these people 24 hours a day sometimes two three four weeks at a time in a tight Um, space yeah
1: it's not as glamorous as people think it is maybe no it's it's
0: intimate times too
1: i mean it's like we're sleeping in bunk beds, on a bus, like that's... Yeah, bouncing that's, down the that's highway. <laughs> that's it's like a little closer bit. than your other co <laughs> Yeah,
0: Yeah, you definitely, uh, you see a lot of butts. There's <laughs> 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 a lot of, you know, you're, you're changing in there a lot of times. If we're at a club that doesn't necessarily have a big enough green room, we'll just change on the bus so we don't have to bring our clothes in. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times, you know, being out on the tour last year, there was plenty of green rooms for us to hang out, and so we were spending all our time in in the the bigger green rooms but yeah you spend a lot of time with each other and uh you, you it's it's great because if you get along i mean we're there's there's five guys in the in the band and myself and adam craig and our keyboard player ryan jones we've been together the longest and mm-hmm. uh ryan ryan is adam's first cousin so they've been together forever but ryan joined uh, about six months after I joined, when we were in Nashville. So Ryan, Ryan, and, me, Ryan, and Adam, uh, almost twelve years. It'll be twelve years in May for wow. me. So uh, we've spent um, years, literally years, together, rooming together in a in a van or a bus now, and uh, y- you learn what makes people tick. You know what uh, learn you learn what pisses each other off. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, you know we've we've all had our moments where we've kind of gotten, you know had our you know, outbursts or, or been kind of like, dude, you know, calm down. You're, you're, you know, we never had any big fights. You have an argument here and there, but at mm-hmm. the end of the day, we're, we're all really good friends and there's nothing that's ever left. That's like, man, this guy really sucks. I mean, I, I right. generally love all the guys in the group and, um, you know, for spending that much time together, you know, I think people would assume that when we come home, we don't talk. We don't do anything, and and yeah, we might we might go some time without seeing each other. But we're we're always kind of staying in touch, and we're always you know right. seeing what's what's going on, and um, yeah, I mean we're just yeah, it's a close, it's a family. I mean,
1: yeah, I mean like people liken a lot of a lot of entertainers have likened being in the industry sometimes to doing a tour of uh, you know, like in the military. Like, and, yeah. you know, obviously there's a big difference right. in, like, uh, what life, the lifestyle looks like. But what they are talking about is we're with each other all the time yeah. in these tight spaces. And uh, we grow a bond, a specific bond in that. And sometimes it can be hard to even go home. People are so used to being on the bus or, yeah. you know, like in the trenches.
0: It can be one of those things. It's definitely like, uh, after a few weeks you get home and, you know, the weird sleep patterns and, and things like that. And then your first couple of nights home, you're in your own bed and you're just like, eh, yeah, I feel like I, you know, should be moving or going somewhere. It's, you know, it is kind of tough to wind down, but I mean, I, I always look forward to coming home now. Mm-hmm. Um, even if I'm only gone for a day or two, um, yeah, you know I've I've got a wife that's pretty awesome, and, and I've got my three three and a half year old little girl. She's almost four, and yeah, uh, I can't believe it. I know, man. And uh, so I, um, yeah, it, it, that's what always keeps me like it's like after a day or two, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to get home and see my girls. You know, we were in like last week, we were gone, um, and it was the first time that my wife and I had been able to get away for just the two of us for a few days because she came with us to Mexico. And it was the first time we'd both have been away for from our from our daughter at the same time, for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. But it's the second time. But we, <laughs> we're in a different country. So it was much, yeah. we're, you know, 2,500 miles away instead of a few hundred miles away. Um, so, it was, you know, we both, it was fine. It was, my daughter had a great time. I don't think she missed us <laughs> that much because she was with my grandparents or her grandparents. Um, but, you know, after a few days, you're like, all right, I'm ready to get home see see Nora yeah. uh so uh you know yeah there's there's never a time that I'm like man I wish I could stay out for a few more weeks I love playing I love doing the thing right. I love going on tour so I'm always excited to play shows but I'm always looking forward to to being home
1: that's a good balance to have where neither is yep. getting annoying
0: yeah exactly and I know guys that there are some people and I, and I think it's unhealthy sometimes that they they always want to be on the road they they only mm-hmm. care about they want to go out they don't care who it's with or where it where they're going they'll they'll want to go and yeah. even if they've got a family they're they're itching to get out and you know it's good to play but you gotta i mean to, to me you know family is the most important thing right uh, and careers come and go and, and and hopefully that i'll be able to stick this one out for another 12 or 20 years And, um, that would be awesome. That's what I'm hoping for. But, you know, at the end of the day, your family is, is, is what has supported you, you know, the whole time. And Nick, before we were married, you know, she supported me through this when, when I was broke, you know, didn't have enough money, barely had enough money to pay rent sometimes. And, you know, she was, she was cool about the tough times. And so, I mean, for somebody to, to stick with me through that, pretty awesome.
1: Oh, absolutely! I mean, that's uh, that reminds me of a line from the new U2 album that Bono is singing about his wife, as the song called "Landlady." I don't know if you've heard it, but in the in that he says, "I didn't know what starving poets meant because when I was broke, it was you that always paid the rent," and he's talking mm-hmm. about that time period where they were starting out as a band and yep. they were struggling but they were sticking with it and she was that support system and she was the right one who was always there and that you know he's been with her since high school and he's right in his late 50s now so he's been with her 40 some years or 40 years or something like that and that's what he's singing about that because that's right. what matters you know that's yeah. it's your family that's the important thing
0: man it's totally true and um you know and it goes back to you know, there's that whole stigma with musicians about you know running around with women on the road, and
1: mm-hmm. and you did you know, meet Nick on the road?
0: I, I did, <laughs> but it, but I but you were was single not, at the time. I, I, I was single, and uh, <laughs> when we first met, she didn't want to have anything to do with me. I think it was it was quite a while before she'd even kiss me. So I mean, it wasn't it wasn't some kind of one night stand led to a relationship. Right. It was uh, you know we we slow played it, it, and it was long distance. It was
1: like you say she didn't want to have anything to do with you but what I remember is like you just immediately saying like oh, I met this girl she's really cool and it was like friends but you were just like pretty immediately enamored with her
0: yeah I mean I, I yeah um, so it turns out she was working her dad she was still in college at the time I, she was only she makes a year two, she's two years younger than I am um, so she you was finished.
1: 27 no
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> she uh she um, was being her dad was making her work at this thing for a, a liquor company because her dad owns a liquor store and they were doing this advertisement thing and she was at this place and started talking. I could tell she didn't really want to be there and we were just cracking jokes and so then I, I asked her to go to dinner after we were done and and she was just like I uh, don't know I don't think so and oh okay <laughs> well that didn't work and but but her friend was there and her friend said that she wanted to go. And so Nick Nick was like, okay, well, I'll go then. And it was a group thing. And then we just hit it off. And then we kind of never stopped hanging out after that. And it's, it's I mean, it'll be also 12 years uh, in August. August 17th is when we met, the first time we ever met. Dang. Wow. 2018
1: so, yeah. a big year, at least in, as far as a dozen <laughs> Yeah, the
0: big number. Yeah. Exactly. So I met her the first year I was out on the road uh, with, with being, or first year I was in Nashville anyway. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, man. I mean, it's like one of those things. Going back to that, I, I did meet Nick on the road, but I wasn't in pursuit of some like crazy one night thing. It was just a hey, you're yeah. cool. Let's go hang out and let's let's mm-hmm. have dinner. Let's let's see. Who, let's just talk. And it, what there was no no strings attached, right. no expectations.
1: And what was your thought that you because we didn't let you finish? <laughs> I didn't let you finish it with about uh, guys on the road with uh, oh
0: yeah yeah. So you know, there's always the temptation. It doesn't matter what kind of music you do or what you do. Period. I mean, if you're comedy music acting um you know people are are going to uh some people are really enticed by what they think you have as power or some sort of Mm -hmm. uh social status because you're in a band or that you're touring you must be you know well known or whatnot and you know to some people that that is a a big turn on and they'll they'll pursue you and sometimes it's aggressive Mm -hmm. um and, um, and sometimes they're very beautiful people. And the thing is, is, you know, you've had a lot of guys will, will in their mind, have this fantasy about all oh, this beautiful woman, you know, and she's going to change my life. And, you know, she, what if she's better than what I have at home? Well, the, the truth is, is you know, this, this woman is not really interested in you. You know, they're interested right. in, in, you have an idea about them. They, you have a fantasy about these people. Well, they have the same fantasy about you. Yeah they think that you're something that you're not. I mean, we're, we're all guys that we come home and, you know, I hang out at my house all day. And, you know, I'm, I go to the gym and that's about it, man. And there's nothing special about what we do, <laughs> except that I get to travel and, and play on some stringed instruments, you know, and I get yeah. paid, but there's nothing special. So, you know, you both have these, uh, unrealistic fantasies and you think that it's, better than what you you may or may not have well if um, the
1: grass is greener myth absolutely you know because the whole it's idea totally behind it yeah <laughs> it's totally a myth because like the idea is like once you have what the neighbor has you realize then like for one you're going to see something else that you want more but it's going to be because you realize oh i got to do a bunch of work even more work than i had to do on my original yard you know
0: right like, yeah yeah so just, you know that <laughs> It's one of those things and I and I thought that I saw that early on too, that just um first of all I'd seen it ruin people's lives. Yeah. Uh, take really good people that I knew and, and made them into people that I, I didn't want to be around uh because of that. Um and you know, it's just not worth it. You know, one one night to hang out with somebody that you think you're it's going to change your life or change your world and more than likely is not going to, it's never going to end up good. So, you know, you just, it's easy. It was always easy for me to stay grounded. And again, having this really good group of guys that I'm out on the road with, we're all, we're all like the same way, you know, it's, you know, we're all in relationships and we're all like really focused on, on, our wives or girlfriends back home. Right. And so there's, you know, never any temptations to, to, you know, Hey, yeah, let them on the bus. No, <laughs> right. nobody, nobody gets on the bus unless they're us. <laughs> so, um, it's nice to have that, that, um, so kind of, uh, I call it a support system. Um, no, that's good. you know, we're, we're not holding each other's hand saying, no, you're not going home with this person, but we all kind of know that, Hey, you know, we're, we're doing this. Uh, it's um, one of those things for me that's never been a, an issue. and You know, I know what I have coming home to is, uh, is pretty awesome. So yeah. I would I never mean, want to.
1: That. Yeah, a, it, a lot of people have ruined good things because they got enticed by uh, some myth, some fantasy that's in <laughs> their head that's just not going to turn out that way. It's not going to turn, turn out that way. It's not worth it. And, uh, you know, at the end of the end of the day, if you want something good, you have to put the work into it. Absolutely. Um, and that's even to go back to what we were saying earlier. I mean, you put this work into getting better and that's why you impressed people uh, mm-hmm. as, as a musician. And now in this band, you've spent all these years because I've, I've heard the stories because you've, right. we've been in touch about it, but you've talked about like, the touring circuit, like how the radio touring circuit leads to something something more. And uh, you right. all as a band now have been working hard. Can we talk a little bit about that process when someone's getting started out? And just like, yeah. not necessarily like, because I don't know how many musicians are, are listening, but just at least like mentally where someone has to be at during that time period.
0: Yeah, so I, I think whether you're a band, artist, comedian it, it's all kind of the same i mean so and i'll basically start where when we signed the record deal when adam signed with uh, broken bow records stony creek records uh 2014 um that kind of was the game changer for us before that we did we had done radio tours we had done some shows but you know this was kind of the, the point where it's like okay now we're, we're stepping up um but man yeah it's 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 a it's a it's a hard hard road and it's a lot of learning curves for us it was a lot of a big learning curve for us you know um it's weird because so adam adam is obviously adam craig he's the front man he's the artist And, and adam and i have this relationship because we both wear a lot of hats in the group adam obviously the front man he's the guy that he's taking the meetings with the labels. He's taking the meetings with our management company. um, And he, he does a lot of the radio stuff. And a lot of times he's out on this solo by himself Mm -hmm. with a rep from the record company going out. I mean, I don't know how many flights he was on last year, but it was probably twice as many as I was. Um, But like, so Adam does all that. And then for me, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, obviously first and foremost, I play bass and I sing, but you know, I'm also the band leader, uh for no other reason that i just was the one that started handling all that stuff you know it's not because i'm the best musician but you know i'm the guy that you know i'm a band leader slash tour manager because we're, we're a skeleton crew still mm-hmm. we don't have a massive tour support like you know luke Bryan or anything like that those guys that are you know 30 40 people in their crew um <laughs> we're pretty small um so i i, I wear these hats and I, I mean i'll drive the bus sometimes and, and so we have um a lot of work that has to get done. Um, and Adam and I trust each other that I'm going to go handle my stuff and he's going to go out and do the best job he can to get this radio ad. And, you know, hopefully that we'll, we'll go play a show, there, full band and say, Hey, I mean, once they see us play, it's like, Oh, well, Adam's got the voice in this band sounds great you know and that and that's you know that's kind of one of the that's what you want and then but you know in between that you have you have to advance shows you have to make sure your payroll is getting done and and so i you know there's a lot of the behind the scenes stuff that nobody likes to talk about the unglamorous part um and uh you know it all kind of stepped up to a bigger scale three years ago when uh you know everything started getting serious and so when we you know, from just paying each other, you know, after gigs, we just, you know, I'd write a check after, after a weekend of playing for a week. And here you go. Well, now, you, you know, you have to contact your business manager and they have to set up a payroll and then I have to go approve everything. And then, you know, a few weeks I'll get a report saying, hey, you need to look over all these uh, expenditure or uh, this expense report, and you have to approve everything. Like, wait a second, man! I came in the music business to play music. <laughs> I didn't come in here to to do an expense report. But you have to do that stuff. And so, man, I just did. That, it. So, yeah. yeah, just did it uh, this morning with an expense report, and I did payroll two days ago, and it's, it's <laughs> like, man this is damn business now. I mean, it's yeah. I, what happened to just playing music. And I mean, I love doing it, man. I don't mind doing oh, it. it yeah. It's great. But people uh, but do
1: have to step into that sort of role. and, and, yeah. and it's almost like a leadership role too, you know, right. I mean, in some exactly. cases. So when you realize like, well, uh, I'm going to do this, what's it, it sounds like it was a little bit out of necessity, but right. Yeah. You was, know, was, like was,
0: this has to get done. And hmm. it was like, well, it can't be that hard, and it's not, it's it's you know again it's a learning curve you know so I didn't I didn't study business in college so you know some of these things it was like a, okay I got to learn this I got to learn this I got to figure out how to do this uh, but you know again I learned it and I have uh, our awesome management team our day to day manager uh, is a guy named Waylon and, and Waylon you know has been real awesome over the last year or so like if I if I wasn't sure about something I'm, hey man I know I need to get this done but. I need some help. And yeah. he's he'll 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 throw me a bone and always help me out. Always super great guy. I mean, um, in all
1: honesty, uh some of the horror stories I've heard, it's almost a better thing that someone in the band is uh has their eyes on the money because but, people yeah. even Sting got screwed out of millions of dollars by by a previous manager of his just yeah, because you know, he, that we've had, was in
0: control of it all. Yeah, we've had we had a situation um uh that that for whatever reason we you know it didn't end well for us with some things in the past and ended up having to pay out some money still having to pay out some money kind of things um but you again learning from that and it wasn't it wasn't millions and millions of dollars it's a lot of money for us for anybody but it's it's not what it could have been um and again it's like um okay so you, you've heard this horror story like you're talking about mm-hmm. bands you know you you get out on the road and you get a single on the radio and all of a sudden somebody's like well you need, you need a bus because image is everything so you got to take oh, yeah. you got to run a bus and you need this light system and you, this, and you need this and you need a sound guy and you need this and and you know all of a yeah. sudden you're like yeah okay cool whatever's gonna make this the coolest thing ever and make us look like we're some sort of badasses and then at the end of the tour uh you don't have enough money to pay your your mortgage um it's that's a it's a very real thing and so very
1: real i mean it was talked about in the uh new edition by the movie and uh
0: it's a really guys have
1: talked about it
0: um it's a really common tale man and and uh again you know we we've always been so used to operating on a shoestring budget uh that you know when we started doing things and, and again we've We've we have great management and nobody ever pressures us to spend money on things we can't afford, you know. So, but we but we've got a bus. We have our we own our own bus, um, which is not something I'd recommend to most people because those things are kind of they can be kind of a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, if you if you don't have a, 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 I'm not a mechanic, but we we Adam and I and our keyboard player even. Have some uh, mechanical knowledge, and you know there's been several times where I've had to crawl up under that bus (laughs) and start turning wrenches to get us to limp us home. I mean, it's happened once or twice. You know, it's it's a good rig overall, but we've you know definitely had our issues. We've you know had to spend a lot of money on it to get it fixed, and we've thankfully been able to save money because we've been able to do some things ourselves. So you definitely kind of have to know a little bit about uh, mechanics and Mm -hmm. some electrical knowledge if you're going to get into ownership of something like that but thankfully we, we got a great deal on this rig um it's got 12 bunks on it it's got a front lounge it got a bathroom little kitchenette and you know adam and i drive the thing everywhere and um it, it's it's done really great for us but i mean it saved us even the money that we've had to spend getting it fixed i mean last year we had these turbochargers that went out and it was an ungodly amount of money to get fixed but you know compared to uh, just a, a base figure. If you're going to go take a, a bus out for a weekend, say you're going to do a Friday Saturday night show, um, a bus company is like, okay, we can give you this bus for three to five hundred dollars a day, give or take. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that five hundred dollars does not include your driver. <laughs> right. It does not include fuel. It does not include your cleaning fees, your uh, your mileage fees for the where you put on the engine, the wear and tear fees. Uh, so that, that that weekend of taking a bus out for 48 hours is going to end up costing you three thousand mm-hmm. dollars when it's all said and done if you if your driver has to drive over eight hours it's double his pay you know so that's things you don't know about so taking a bus is expensive if you lease a bus if you're doing a month-long tour and you lease a bus you can get the lease for the entire 30 days for about 10 grand again it doesn't cost uh, pay for your fuel that doesn't pay for your driver Uh, And there's still all the cleaning fees and everything associated with it. So, I mean, again, at the end of that 30 days, you're looking at maybe $30,000 or more. Yeah. And and a lot of people don't realize that, but they have a manager who says, okay, we got this bus. We got it for $500 a day, and we're going to take it out for 15 days. And
1: some people will tell them, and this is particularly in music, and this is Mm -hmm. what I've heard Matt from Emory talk about, is there'll be people saying, oh, this is what you have to do Mm -hmm. so that you look good, so that you look... Like a big deal and everything. So, you know, it's easy for someone, especially if they're starting out or this is just happening to them for the first time and they don't know one way or the other. Right. uh, So, because they're not as experienced in that world, it's easy for them to fall for it and say, right. okay, oh, it's, yeah. it's just how that person is getting them wrapped around their finger so they can make money off of the band.
0: Right. And it's easy for somebody to do that, tell these people they need that when when those people aren't the ones spending the money. It's the, exactly. the artist at the end of the day that has to pay for that. And, and so this when you, is re-
1: relevant to stand-ups too because stand-ups absolutely. are going to, stand-ups tour, I mean Tracy Morgan, he was on a bus when that terrible accident yeah. happened. You know, so and, like, yeah. they're they're going to be touring on buses, so what's you know, what's a good idea here?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, and and you got to be, once it's cost is not an issue for you and you can afford it and not worry about, man, if I got to do this many gigs just to break even, once that's not an issue, then yeah, you should have a bus. But, you know, it's one of those things that we've taken, you know, we, we've rented lease buses out this year um, when it was just too much for us to have to handle to drive ourselves. And like, if we had to get on a flight Somewhere else, and you know, we couldn't get our own bus back to Nashville because we had to go out to to the west coast or whatever we'd we'd lease a bus but i mean it it was it was kind of funny because you know we our our bus it's it's an 08 it doesn't look like a regular bus it's kind of we call it the we call it the black pearl Mm -hmm. uh some of the guys in luke Bryan's camp call it the war machine because it's this big black burly Mm -hmm. looking thing it's not ugly but it's definitely like it's a it's a different looking rig (laughs) but it works i mean it's it's nobody's ever seen anything like it. it there's it's one of actually four i think that were ever built Um, by a company in nashville so there's only it's only four of its kind it's that kind of a cool thing but you know we we wear that name with the you know kind of a badge of honor because people see us when this when the crew sees us pull up they're just laughing because they see me or adam driving and they're like god (laughs) these guys are just going after it and you just (laughs) and that's great oh dude i I don't mind it's not a big deal it's it's again it's like uh you know, I wear all these hats of tour manager, band manager, a band Luster. leader, uh, bus driver. <laughs> I play bass. Man, you'd be thinking that God, if I got paid for all of those positions, I, I'd be <laughs> I'd be doing pretty damn good. But <laughs> and, and I get paid fine. I mean, it's, I'm not complaining about the pay, but it's like you know, I do all of these things because I, I for me, I, I the, my role is to make sure that we have. Longevity in in our career, you know, Adam's doing what he's doing so that we can have a career that builds and not just something that overnight just shoots up. Uh, You know, we have a number one single overnight and we're flying to the high, and then all of a sudden it drops down. You know, you want that steady climb. You always want it to be faster. You always want to move to the next level quicker. But you know, ultimately into the day, you know, we do things. We we really analyze like, okay, what's the best way to do certain things, And, and you know you have to look at money and you have to look at, you know, the benefit of doing this versus that. And, um, you know, a lot of, I think a lot of musicians don't think about that. They just want to get out there and play and let people hear their music. And that's the most important thing, but you got to sit back and say, okay, you know, let me look at this, because if we do this, uh, case in point, um, you know, if, if you're going to, we were just in Mexico and, and we didn't take the full band. We did an acoustic show. um, well, for one thing, that's what the company wanted us to do. Secondly, you know, when you think about how much it costs to to get a full band down, to pay everybody, to oblige everybody, I think it's really expensive. You know, um, you know, you don't you don't just want to break even. You right. know? So, as much as you just want to play, you've got to think about your the business that's being operated. You know, in, in our case, the company is called Tenino Productions, which is. Mm-hmm a name from where Adam's from tonight in Washington. And, you know, you, you want to make sure that there's money in the bank at the end of the year, you know, instead yeah. of being like, well, you guys hemorrhaged money yeah, and you're totally broke. So <laughs> that's not good. So we don't, we don't want that. So yeah, you, you definitely, so
1: there's a pace that you all are. It sounds like you're taking to approaching creating music, approaching the business. And now, I mean, you're you're on a a big label, and you just had you're you're touring. You've mentioned Luke Bryan a couple of times. You guys were touring with Luke Bryan.
0: Yeah, um, we were out on the Hunt and Fish and Loving Every Day tour last year. Um, We did about oh man, how many, I don't know how many shows we did with Luke last year. Twelve or fifteen dates. Uh, part of that tour, then we were we we did Mexico with him last year. We did Mexico with him this year. And we did a we did a private event or, or two, here and there. Um, we have the same management company that mm-hmm. that, that Luke does, and I've been real fortunate to be out with those guys. And uh, if you you know if you're not a fan of country music, I still say you should go see that show. It's really entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, as far as acts out there, one of the nicest group of people. I mean, it starts from mm-hmm. the top down. Luke's super nice guy, but then. I've heard good things Every,
1: about him as a man too. Outside yeah, of what you've said, like he's yeah, he's he I mean, he's a like family a man all that. Yeah,
0: yeah um, but then the whole crew. I mean, just just amazing people, man. They they help us out out on the tour. They were really good to us. Um, you know, I, I made really good friends out there with with guys in his band, um, and then the, the, some of the guys on the crew from you know the the text to the the guitar text to the sound engineers and everything. And you know, they they treated us you know, really, really nice and, you know, made us feel right at home. So that was a that was a yeah. good feeling because you don't you don't get that with every every artist you play with or every group you play with. Sometimes you're kind of pushed to the corner and just kinda of told to come out when you come out. But yeah. you know, that wasn't the case with us. I mean it was, you know, we get to hang out with everybody. Everybody, you know, will give us a hard time about doing something ridiculous or you know but they're also you know super nice Yeah, just it was a, it was a great time i can't say enough about that crew i mean really just some top-notch crew uh and, mm-hmm. and members of that band um uh I'm super fortunate to be able to be on that tour i think every one of us would say the same thing i mean we, we had a yeah. great time and people. I
1: do know there was the tragedy that happened in Las Vegas. You all were performing on that show earlier that night on that very same show.
0: Yeah. Uh, um, uh, yeah. When out,
1: you weren't performing during the shooting, but, uh, right. A couple of your bandmates were out watching that show. Cause you had already performed.
0: Yeah. Um, so that weekend had been, uh, the farm tour we were out on the farm tour with Luke Bryan's farm tour. And we were on the first weekend of the farm tour. And so, uh, we had flown from uh, Iowa uh, to Vegas and we and uh, it was a, God, no sleep got into got in the airport at like three o'clock in the morning got on a plane got to Vegas uh, went straight to the venue played the show that afternoon um, and uh, yeah everything was great. I went back to the hotel because I, I hadn't been asleep in like 30 hours I've been up 30 hours straight I think so um, I went upstairs our guitar player Nick was in the room with me and I said, hey, I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to relax for a minute. There was an after party going on later and I said, I'll meet you at the after party. So I'll, as soon as I took a shower, I came back, I laid down and I fell asleep and I woke up to alarms going off and my phone was just blowing up. And um, yeah, it, uh, it was a really tragic night. I don't I, have, I don't have, um, I don't have a, a, the sad part of my story is the fact that people, you know, that had, that happened. It was, it's an American tragedy and it's yeah. not a yeah. story that's, If it was me personally, just cause I was there, I was in proximity. I might, yes, I had some friends in the, in the crowd and you know, their stories are way more intense than mine. Uh, yeah. I just remember looking out my window and trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Why is all, why are these alarms going on? And and I see people running down the street and I it was like, what this, this is weird. It was like 12, what time was that? Uh, it was like ten thirty, eleven thirty. I don't remember. I, don't I can't know. remember what time I woke up. I just remember looking at my phone and I had like a barrage of text messages from the guys, and the, there was an the alarm actually going off in the room. And um, yeah, it was from then on, from about that, from uh, eleven thirty to or twelve thirty, whatever, whatever time that was, to like six o'clock in the morning. It was just we were up because I could. It was surreal. We couldn't leave the hotel room um and so we were, we were basically like I I called my wife and she I woke her up and I said look I, you know bef- before you wake up and see this this is what's happening and at this point you know we still didn't know we we knew that there was a shooting and we knew people had been killed we didn't know the extent of it mm. um and, and we thought um from the text messages I was getting from people that were in Vegas they were saying that it was still happening uh, because people would, would run, 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 and stop and try to arrest. Him. And then they'd see another crowd of people coming, screaming about a shooter. So for some people, they thought that the shooting was going on for an hour or more, oh, you know, because wow. they didn't know everybody it was chaos. Um, uh, so we, we had no idea, uh, that it had officially stopped. Um, you know, the first report that I heard was two people in or dead and about fifteen injured or something like that. And then within an hour, that number had like quadrupled to twenty. And then an hour later, it was forty. And then uh, then almost uh, at the end of the, almost sixty people. And uh, man, it was it was tragic. A buddy of mine who's a keyboard player here in Nashville, his cousin was in the show and his, is at the show, and his cousin ended up getting had got shot twice and. Mm. Made a full recovery, but I mean, yeah, just a tragic thing that something like that can happen. And, and uh, you know, I I haven't talked about it much with outside of, you know, you guys, my friends and, and my family. Um, because, you know, for me, when I got home, there was a bunch of news cameras. And um, I think it was obvious where I was coming from. For one thing, there was a news crew standing at the gate uh, from the inbound flight from Las Vegas, which I thought was really inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, again, I, they wanted to interview, they, they talked to some of us and I just kind of was like, yeah, I don't, I'm just glad to be home. Just glad to be home and got downstairs. And of course, as soon as I see Nora and my wife, you know, I, I got real emotional. Um, glad to see my daughter, but you know, I knew that there were people, sons and daughters and husbands and wives that weren't getting to go home and see their family again. And that's what really tore me up. You know, I was, I was it was a little guilty because I got to do that. We all got to do that. All of my friends were coming home and we were all seeing our loved ones. And, um, that was, I had a hard time with that. Uh, and I think, I think, I think anybody would have, a hard, you don't have to be there to have a hard time with that. Something like that. You know, that's, that's something that you don't understand it. I'll never understand it. Um, uh, I don't think we'll ever get closure from, you know, there was a shooting in Kentucky no, at a high yeah. school yesterday. Like, yeah. And there was something you said,
1: and this is, this is part of the reason I brought it up, because I know it doesn't have anything to do with what we normally do in this podcast or what I was talking about with you previous to me bringing it up, but there was something you said to me at the time that I thought was a very profound point. And that was that... that. All, <laughs> well, it was <laughs> that people are looking for a motive, but yeah. it doesn't matter because whatever the reason was it's not going to be a good enough reason for this to have happened
0: right yep and that's um that's i got off facebook for a while just because of that you know that mm. all the conspiracy theories and everybody's trying to you know find you know, the second gunman on the grassy knoll type situation and all these all these theories about what it was or what it wasn't. And I'm just – to me, it, it just – that kind of stuff always makes me mad just because it doesn't matter. It, it, it does. It, it, if there was a second person or a third person involved, it would matter. But, you know, they're trying to find the reasons for, for why somebody could do this. And, and, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean that's – Yeah, it was, the it's motive, like gonna, motive knowing is not knowing the motive a
1: isn't going to help us – avoid this necessarily right you know and And, it's it's not gonna make us feel any better about it
0: right Uh, and and there's a very good chance it can make you feel worse because it could bring up all these kind of emotions but yeah ultimately you know so many people were affected by this in such a bad way that nothing Nothing you could tell me about why that happened is would make me feel better about that, and that's any situation. I mean, a kid starts shooting innocent children at a high school; uh, yeah. it, it, his motive is never going to be good enough to justify what he did. No. Um, no, and that's 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 anything that anything anytime that something like that happens, it doesn't matter if it's a you know uh, a terrorist bombing or, or, or a, a kid going rogue and, and going to a high school and. Shooting children—it's uh, it, never that kind of stuff. It just never, mm-hmm. it's never. It doesn't make sense. It's never good enough. And um, you know, on top of that, you can't let these really small moments in life small that have such a big amount, impact,
1: of the amount of time that they—the
0: amount of time, yeah—and and the it, it seems like it happens all the time. And, and, and it while there, it seems that. You know, more more violence is going on. I think it's because it's more uh, accessible through internet now. Because you, you hear about these things in real time, almost right. Real yeah, time.
1: we hear about it more, and it's not necessarily happening more than yeah.
0: It did I think the world's in a yeah. I mean, the world's in a good place. Uh, you know, barring your political beliefs or what you think's going on with the country. You know, I think I feel that. Um, it's easy to let that stuff make you negative, feel negative, yeah, act absolutely, yeah. But, I mean, the truth is, man, I, I, you know, I see it every time I go. I mean, I, I, I see so much good in the world, you know.
1: I have I, to believe that there's more good in the world than bad in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Though the internet does make it harder and harder it's, to <laughs> believe that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> screw the internet, man. It's, yeah, because, I mean, it's I, I, I just get to do what I do, and, and I, get, I get to make people feel good. If they're not having a good day. And And that's the
1: thing, you know, like there's so many nights where you and including that night where you brought we were you got to be part of bringing that to people. Right. And that what that that joy that people got from from music through all those shows you did on that tour uh, was much more. Prominent and 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 happened much more than the bad thing that happened, and I'm not right. trying to diminish the significance of of that tragedy. But I, what I am trying to say is that tragedy didn't happen as much as good happened. Right, just for you personally, uh, even you know, like and even looking at
0: that. yeah, look at the, I mean the people, the heroes from that situation that were running back into the crowd and saving people. I mean, you're, there were amazing people, uh, in and in that instance that risked their lives to go pull people out, uh, that they couldn't get away. And and yeah, that, that guy ruined a night of happiness for, for thousands and thousands of people. Um, but what you can't let it do is take over the rest of your life. You know, you let it, if you let that stuff control you, like, I'm never going out again. I'm never going to another concert. Yes. I think you should be cautious everywhere you go. I mean, there's always, you know, there are bad people out there, a lot of great people. Mm. And, you know, We had a show that very next weekend and it's like, all right, we just got to get out there and do it. It's, you know, just, we're going to go, we're going to, we're going to have, we're going to have a good time and we're not going to let this keep us from enjoying our career, enjoying our lives. Um, It's easy to let that stuff eat you up if you let it, but it's also, I think just as easy to accept that, Hey, I've got awesome people in my life. I've got good friends. I mean, you guys were calling me and checking on me. Um, not, not, not necessarily checking on me, but you know, you know, I mean, God, we text each other in that yeah, group we text a lot. Yeah. all the time. And you know, the fact that I have friends like that, or we have friends like that, um, is enough for me to go, man, this, this life is too, is good. I mean, bad things happen sometimes yeah. you don't have money um the bad the,
1: helps it, us to realize what good is yeah oftentimes and absolutely. um so it, again that doesn't diminish the bad uh, but it does help shine the light on how good good is
0: um, right and, and, on, and going back to to that and it's kind of tied into what what we do as a career um you know you gotta love what you do you know it's like you you know what it's like doing those comedy thing doing the comedy stuff, you know, and, and the circuit can be such a grind when you're starting off doing four or five nights in a, a smoky room and, and we've played those smoky bars <laughs> and sometimes you're just like, man, what are we doing? You've got to love it, man. You've got yeah. to love what you do and at the end of the day, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm doing what I love. I'm going to keep doing what I love because to me, this makes me happy doing this and, uh, you know, it's, it's very similar, I think, um for for both of our careers mm-hmm. that um it's okay to not make money in the beginning <laughs> um I mean eventually you want to have some sort of income coming in but I mean <laughs> if if you're happy doing it and if, and if you're living a fulfilled life doing whatever it is you do if you want to lay if you're a bricklayer and you love laying bricks or carpentry That's it doesn't a matter full
1: life right
0: yeah absolutely I man I, I, I mean, and again, I love working with my hands too. So I love building things. I've got a garage full of tools because I'm obsessed with like working with my yeah. hands. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, sometimes I'm like, man, I, I think I'd be fine just, you know, working on houses for people. Cause I love doing it. I mean, I still think i will always play music, but uh, I mean, just live a fulfilling life and whatever that is to you, it's different for everybody. You don't, right. you know, not everybody's going to, be on stage and, and play an instrument. But I mean, right. You know, my mother has been a teacher for God, 45 years and still is contemplating whether or not she wants to retire. Cause she, I, mean, I think she genuinely does love her job. <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking, mom, it's time, it's time to relax.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and you have a great mom. So shout out uh, to your mom. Hey, um, mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just to also, uh, Lighten the mood a little bit since we were talking about that that tragedy. When I was I was talking to you one day we when uh we I think the last time we talked about it at length on the phone. I, I was actually standing in a grocery store. I didn't I don't think I told you this. I think you only heard a little bit of this. But I was standing in a grocery store and I was like looking at cookies because I had a I had a hankering for Oreos or something. <laughs> and I was just like staring at these cookies. But then um, you, uh, the conversation got really serious, so I was just, like, listening to you. But also in the store, this uh, mom and her, like, her young daughter, but her daughter was an adult, so she was, like, probably mm-hmm. in her 20s, are having this argument. <laughs> I just, like, heard her mom yelling, like, you could maybe do that with your friends, but you can't do that with me. I'm your mother. And I was like, all right, I don't know what's going on. I'm just <laughs> listening to Jim right now. And then... Um, they like keep going on, and I'm like tuning them out, and just like we got to a point in the conversation where we got real serious. So I was just like completely zoned out. I I didn't know what I was staring at, and next thing I know, I remember this. <laughs> <laughs> next thing I know, I hear I don't know. Let's ask him to stare some more, and I just I came to and I looked up, and it was that the the mother staring right at me, angry. And I was, yeah. I ha I just happened to be staring in their direction, or like facing in their direction. I had sunglasses on, so I wasn't actually staring <laughs> at them. But she was like, she just like threw her hands up and went, "Ugh," and then said something to her daughter, like, "You're paying the group for the groceries," and then walked out. And the daughter was just standing there, like dumbfounded <laughs> by this. And that was what I, the thing I think you heard was just like, "Hey, I wasn't staring at you yeah. at all. <laughs> just on and the I was like,
0: What is happening?
1: <laughs> yeah, I was, like, too serious of a moment to be like, hey, Jim, this hilarious thing just happened. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but that's what happened. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Crazy God, people like, in Brooklyn, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. It's everywhere. <laughs>
1: that's true. Um, so let's uh, wind the episode down. We've had a okay. really good talk. Um, Dude, yeah. I don't know what we could create, but maybe what you can – advise people on is what it's like being in the music industry with a famous name of someone else who was in the music industry like if, if somebody else named Chris Rock were coming along and they weren't quite a stand-up but they were maybe a, a sketch writer and wanted right. to be SNL what would <laughs> oh it's,
0: my, it's what tough advice, man because it, and it's not so much that uh, I, I think people generally understand that I didn't choose that name that's that's the name that I was given from you know when I was born so I've always gone by Jim or Jimmy um, uh, unless my mom's mad at me and it's James but um, <laughs> it's just my, that's my name and I didn't choose that name nor would I have chosen my name uh, to be that had I known I was going to be in the music industry however that being said um uh, people don't forget me typically yeah, it's an easy name to remember uh, so i get i used to get a lot of flack for it but now that people know who i am <laughs> a little more it's just kind of a joke every nobody every now and then somebody will call me jimmy but a lot of times it's Jimi hendrix Hendrix, it's Hendrix, you, know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you get a listen. so it's, it's 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 kind of a joke, but uh, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be initially. I thought it was going to be a big problem. You thought you were going to I,
1: change your name?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, th- I thought about it. I thought about going yeah, with honestly, my other. Even band. if you
1: went with James Hendrix, people still would have been like, "Hey, that's kind of like Jimmy Hendrix." Like people yeah. still would have because that's what I
0: did when there's I did. actually there's actually another Jim Hendrix in Nashville, and he's a bass player. Oh, and my gosh. funny story. So I actually met him, uh, for the first time we've both been in this town. He's been in actually, I think he's been in Nashville a little bit longer than me. He's a little older than I am by like a couple years. But, um, I, had, we had both heard that there was another Jim Hendrix. He spells his with a CKS. Um, and I'm with an X. That's the only just difference. Like,
1: yeah, just like yeah,
0: Jimmy. But, but we had, um, I'd run into people and they're like, hey man, I played with you in this band years ago. I'm like, nah, nah, <laughs> yeah, 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 that Christian rock band. I was like, you definitely didn't play in a Christian rock band for me, you know? Yeah, like and how could like,
1: they also confuse, is he also 6'8"?
0: He's not, he is tall and we have, I would, I would say somewhat similar features, tall and, and he's a lot leaner than I am. Like he's not, he's not, I wouldn't say he's built, he's not scrawny, but he's, I'm, I'm, I'm much bigger now, especially maybe, maybe a few years ago when I was a lot skinnier <laughs> and wasn't hitting the gym quite as hard. Uh, we might've been a little more, but yeah, he's probably like six, three anyway, uh, still. <laughs> we, uh, I was in Washington state playing at a festival called watershed at a, at, at a event. Uh, a place called the Gorge out in Washington State, the amazing venue to play. And uh, we get done playing, and, and this guy comes to me, he's like, "Hey man, great job! You know, you sound a great. I'm a bass player too." He's like, I, "I really enjoyed what you were doing up there." I was like, "Awesome man! My name's my name's Jim. Nice to meet you." He goes, "Hey, that's my name, Jim too." He's like, "But my name's Hendrix." That's what he said. And I go, I just kind of looked at him, like, "That's my name." <laughs> he he was he was bending over getting something down. And he looks up. And he goes man i've been waiting to meet you for years <laughs> and, I, and i was like me too He goes, what do we do now do we hug i was like yeah i think so i think it's appropriate <laughs> so i like i mean i was like dude i've you know i've been people have confused me with you thinking that we played in a band together uh i don't know how they confused us but i mean i i've, I've heard about you for years that you were the there was another jim hendrix running around he goes man yeah me too and then uh we talked for a little bit. I got his I think I got his number and I shot him a text. Didn't see him again until the, the last year, this past year, <laughs> at the gorge. He walks <laughs> up to me again. It's been two years since I've seen this guy, and we happen to be at the same venue on the West Coast, you know, big, big music festival. It's like Jimmy. Like, oh, dude. <laughs> so yeah, I seem to only run it on the West Coast.
1: But didn't you meet somebody who Later, you found out that she thought you were the Jimi Hendrix.
0: Yeah, it was a, a young, very. She was very young. I think she was like sixteen, fifteen, sixteen. Um, I'm not gonna say her name, but uh, at the time, she's just really young. She didn't. She doesn't. She's she didn't know. know. She knew the name Jim Hendrix or Jimi Hendrix. I'm sure, but she didn't know who jimmy hendrix the classic rock guitarist was Uh, so she she met me and she had heard that name so she assumed i was like super famous so like she went home it's like oh yeah i got to meet jimmy hendrix tonight oh my gosh she's like yeah man that that guy's super famous and like her her because her parents told me about this or her her uncle who was the owner of her label at the time told me about it he's like yeah man she totally thought that you know you were like the legit, <laughs> like famous rock god Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> oh, well, that's a that's a child for you. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, there it is. Thanks so much for being on the podcast, man.
0: Man, thanks for having me. Uh, I appreciate you. You know, taking the time to let little old me come on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> there he is the man himself, Jim Hendrix. Again, not that one. Thanks so much for listening. I I am very thankful that Jim came on, especially in uh, I'm thankful that he was willing to talk about the tragedy in Las Vegas. That was a serious subject, uh, but I I think it was a good talk. I think it was fruitful, and I hope you gained something from that talk and the rest of the discussion as well, and you can find out more about the music he's a part of by going to adamcraigofficial.com. And, of course, there are links in the bio, and you can get to social media accounts from the bio and from AdamCraigOfficial.com. And don't forget, you can follow and like us on social media. Go to Facebook or Twitter and look up at ThereItIsPod. I'm on Twitter at JasonFarJokes, and I'm on Instagram at JasonFarrPix. That's today's episode. Next week is a fun one. Until next time, be good to each other.